More and more people are riding their bikes to BART, and the agency has a plan to meet that growing demand. Welcome to Hidden Tracks, Stories from BART. On this latest edition of Hidden Tracks, I'm speaking with BART Bicycle Program Manager Steve Baraldo, who says in just a few years, more than 20,000 people a day could be riding their bikes from home to BART. Steve, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Glad, glad you do this. Yeah, you know, BART's been on this mission to double the rate at which riders access the system by bicycle. Can, can you put that in perspective for us and give us an idea? How many riders do we currently estimate take their bikes to BART? Well, so in, back in 2012, we developed a strategic plan that, that laid out some strategies for improving bike access to BART. And along with that, we created a goal. We were at about 4% bike access at that point. And we said, let's double that by 2022, 10 years forward from the date we were working on the plan. We've been making some good progress. We're at about 6% bike access now, a little bit more than halfway through that, that, that time period. Uh, and um, hope to keep growing bike access by, um, you know, both marketing biking, by providing good parking options for people, by letting people bring their bikes on the train, uh, and for just making it a, a more attractive way to get to BART. Are you hearing from a lot of folks that they're interested in this? It sounds like the trends are, are in an upward direction here. Yeah, the trends are definitely in an upward direction. I think it, a lot of it is the demographics of the Bay Area. I think there's a lot of people who are, are creating a lifestyle where they don't necessarily need to own a car anymore. There's lots of options to get around, as we all know, from you know the Uber and Lyft quick ride to, to using your bicycle to, to walking more, to living closer to the things that you need, including BART stations. Um, and as BART matures and we have more riders, we're not really creating a lot more vehicle parking. So I think one of the options for folks, especially if you maybe live a little further than it's comfortable to walk, is to jump on your bike uh, and ride a couple miles to BART. It can be quick, it can be simple, it could be healthy. Uh, and and um, I do it. I think it's fun. Yeah, I was just going to say, you live the life. I mean, you're an example of that. And I, I think that's kind of important that you know what the experience is like for our riders so you can appreciate what some of the things are that they might be looking for. Yeah, I, I jumped into this job after doing some other things here at BART about seven years ago. And part of what captured my interest is I've always used my bike just for daily trips to get around, as well as recreational riding. But I just thought there was a lot that could be done at BART to, to improve and encourage bike access. And, and I could see, as I was mentioning earlier, with some of the other challenges in terms of getting to BART and driving a car, limited bus access maybe, that bikes had a lot of potential. You must have a lot of experience riding bike trails that are BARTable. Kind of share that with our with our folks. I mean, there must be a lot of really interesting options out there. Yeah, that's a great great um, segue because I really dislike putting my bike in a car to get anywhere, but putting by my bike on BART and getting me out to Walnut Creek or to some place where I can get to trails that I can't normally get to from my home in Berkeley is a great way to, to find new rides and to go to new places without having to use a car with my bike. A couple of my favorites is, one is the um, Bay Bridge Trail, uh, which is easily accessible from MacArthur or West Oakland stations. It's a great ride, eight miles across the bridge onto Treasure Island, do a nice loop on Treasure Island and come on back to the East Bay. Going out to Walnut Creek or Pleasant Hill, easy way to climb Mount Diablo if you're into a little bit more um, difficult ride. But, but both of those have nice access to the mountain there. 
One of the really interesting things kind of gaining momentum right now is the Ford Go Bike bike share program. What is that and how does it involve BART? Um, the bike share program is not totally new to the Bay Area, but it's probably the most exciting thing happening right now. We've had a demonstration project here for a few years operated by the Air District with about 700 bikes in San Francisco. But a couple years ago, a Brooklyn-based company called Motivate that operates a lot of the bike share programs around the country approached MTC and said, hey, we'd like to roll out a much bigger program here in the Bay Area. And we'll basically do it for free. No public money involved as long as we have sort of exclusive rights to the sponsorships and advertising associated with it. So right now, um, there's about 7,000 bikes being rolled out in San Francisco and in the East Bay. The old program was only in San Francisco. The new one includes Oakland, Berkeley, and Emeryville. Um, and for BART, it's great. We're going to have docks of bikes at all of our stations from North Berkeley all the way to Fruitvale in the East Bay and from Balboa all the way through Embarcadero in San Francisco. For our passengers, it basically means BART goes more places. You, you might have been able to get off BART and comfortably walk a mile or so, but now you can get off BART, jump on a bike share, and maybe go two or three miles easily. Uh, so it's a great program. Most of the region looks at it as an extension of the transit system. Um, and we're, we're really excited to have the bikes right at our stations. Now you look at it, that sounds like a really big number, 7,000 bikes. Do you anticipate that sort of demand for this? It, it's, a, it's a huge number, and it's going to be one of the biggest bike share programs in the country. And I think it, say, it says a lot for the sort of the culture here in the Bay Area that, that um, the folks who are rolling this program out and investing in it really feel like it is going to take off and be popular. And, and frankly, the, the bike share programs work best sort of based on a critical mass. So the more bikes you have, the more docks you have, the more useful the program is. So it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Build a bike, build, build a big bike share program, and it's likely to be successful. Do you think this program could have any impact on the number of bikes that are actually on our trains? Sure. That's one of the things that, that we're really hoping happens is that folks who might now take their bike because they want it on their destination end will say, hey, it's a lot easier for me just to park my bike at my home station. And then when I get into San Francisco or into Berkeley, jump on a bike share bike and finish the last mile or two of my trip to their destination. And this is not something that's like way far off. This is happening right now. The, the bikes are being rolled out right now. We have them near most of our uh, downtown San Francisco stations. We recently installed them at MacArthur, Ashby, and Lake Merritt in the East Bay. Just out with folks um, yesterday at 24th Street, finding a location there. So they're, they're rolling out now. And I'd say within the next six months, the, these bikes are going to be at all of our stations in, in the Oakland, Berkeley, San Francisco area. Yeah, and there's a lot going on in the system, Dan. I know a lot of it relies on technology and finding ways to safeguard bicycles. That's a concern for everybody, certainly. Tell me about the pilot program that started at 16th Street Station, 16th Street Mission, and now is even being tried at Pleasant Hill. Yeah, so we're always looking for more secure ways for folks to leave their bikes at BART. Um, we have a series of bike stations where people where we actually have valet bike parking. We have self-serve sort of key access bike parking. We have on-demand bike lockers. And the, the newest thing we've been experimenting with is a high-security smart rack um, made by a company called Bike Keep. Um, they're a European company, and they've had a lot of success deploying these in Europe. They're just moving into the U.S. 
Um, we're the first public agency to give these a try. We installed a set at 16th Street a month or so ago. Uh, another set's about to open at um, Pleasant Hill, uh, and then we're going to do an installation at Hayward also. So it's a nice system. We've actually set it up so that folks can use their clipper card as their key, essentially, to open and close the racks, making it really simple. Uh, the track record is amazing. There's yet to be a bike stolen from one of the bike keep racks. So we want to kick the tires. We want to put some out there, make sure they function well for us, do some, um, get some feedback from the folks that are using them, see how they like them. And I see it as a, a, a nice product that can fit and, and serve some of the needs that some of the other secure parking options that we have really aren't, aren't set up for. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a good, I'll use the word weapon in our arsenal of secure bike parking going forward. Yeah, and technology is really so critical here because it seems like those that want to take the bikes away, want to steal the bikes, are always using new methods to accomplish that. But this technology, you said so far, has been highly effective. Yeah, it, it, the, the, um, the actual locking mechanism is a high-strength high steel bar that kind of hinges up and grabs the bike in two spots. It grabs the front wheel and the frame. Very hard to cut through. It actually has a, um, an alarm inside the tubing, and if someone tries to cut through the tubing, it will trigger an alarm. Um, but it's, you know, uh, thefts often occur with the lowest hanging fruit. That, you know, people who leave bikes locked less than securely are, are most likely what, what's gonna, what folks are going to go after first. Um, the bike keep racks, I think, are the very higher end of that food chain, and, and they provide a pretty secure option. I'm speaking with Steve Baralda, who's the Bicycle Program Manager here at BART. And Steve, BART also offers about 1,500 bike link e-lockers, I believe at 37 stations. How do those work, and, and what's been the response to those? So the, the bike link lockers are extremely popular. It allows you to not even have to carry a lock with you. You can leave your accessories on your bike because you basically are in your own um, single space locker. Uh, we use an operating system called Bike Link. It's a, a essentially a little debit ID card. We charge five cents an hour for the use, use of the lockers. Uh, we do have them at every East Bay station and all of the stations from um, Glen Park West in, in San Francisco. Um, they provide a nice secure option and um, they provide some real benefits in terms of weather protection and being able to leave your gear with your bike. It seems like these different ideas, like there isn't one catch-all solution. It's a variety of ideas. Different ideas, I would assume, work better at some locations than others. But overall, it seems like it's having an impact in terms of driving down the number of bike thefts that are occurring in the BART system. Is that the case? Are we seeing a downward trend there? Yeah, the, the trend of, of reported thefts is def definitely downward. You know, in addition to providing the more secure options, the bike stations, the bike keep racks, the bike lockers, we've also had a pretty robust educational program where we've, um, I guess the biggest problem going back has been people using sort of low security cable locks on their bikes. And when somebody rides a bike to BART, they often leave it for 10 hours. You know, they're off to work for the day. They've got their commute time, their lunch break. It's there for a long time. And so we've done a lot of education, getting people to use U-locks um, and good quality U-locks on their bikes rather than cable locks, and I think that's helped a lot. Now, we're sitting in Steve's office, and in the corner there's a cardboard box, and it is 
full of all sorts of bike locks that look like they, they've been defeated by someone. Kind of describe what I'm looking at over here. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I grab them when I'm out and about and I see them laying around. It's always interesting to see how people do defeat locks. Some of them are pencil-thin cable locks, which literally you could cut through with scissors, and that's really what we're trying to discourage folks from using. Unfortunately, in that box are some U-locks, too. They're not undefeatable. There's plenty of tools and plenty of, um, you know, en energy out there to steal bikes. So, um, you know, we do our best to coach people to use two good quality U-locks on their bikes, and those bikes are pretty secure. Even U-locks come in different qualities, though, and it is it is easier to, easier to defeat some of them than others. Um, so your question earlier, we do try to provide a, a range of parking options because some people really what they want to do is ride their bike and lock it up on a rack. They're not interested in getting a bike link card and, and using a locker or figuring out some of the other options. So we do we do provide plenty of racks. We try to put them in real high visibility locations. We actually have quite a few of them now in the paid area of BART stations within the line of sight of our station agents. Um, and the combination of, you know, some people wanting uh, a rack, some people wanting a locker, some people going out of their way to use our bike stations. Um, I, I think it's a good blend and hopefully we're, we're you know, providing stuff for everybody's um, taste. Yeah, and speaking of bike stations, we're seeing more of those in the BART system. It seems like, especially in the East Bay, it seems like there's a lot of interest in those. Yeah, the, the bike stations are, are something we're going to be investing in pretty heavily going forward for the next few years. We're about to open our eighth one at, at Pleasant Hill. Uh, it's going to have a, a key card access um, bike parking area, which you can do you know, 24-7. It's also going to have a, a retail maintenance facility to, to support you know, folks in, in their maintenance needs and picking up a lock and stuff, uh, which we have at a couple other facilities right now also. We've um, just completed a plan uh, with um, intentions to build nine additional bike stations uh, around the district, uh, mostly, mostly in the East Bay. You know, BART has a really heavy emphasis on transit-oriented development, the idea that it makes sense for folks to live close to public transit. It's better for the environment, better for everybody, better for traffic. How does that influence, that TOD influence, come into play when it comes to our policies for bikes? Well, you know, if, if a TOD is situated close enough to a BART station, obviously folks can, can walk to the station. Um, the project at Pleasant Hill is an in interested one because the bike station there is integrated with the TOD project. We're actually utilizing a space built by the developer there at Avalon Bay. We're doing our own sort of tenant improvements, creating the, the both the retail maintenance facility and the bike parking. Um, but at that project and several others going forward, we are going to try to integrate bike station parking into the TOD developments. Of course, some riders, when it comes to taking their bikes to BART, they can't just park them at a station. They actually want to take it with them onto the train. And I know BART is looking at different ideas to kind of facilitate that. One of those idea ideas is stair channels. What is that and where are they being used? So a, a stair channel is essentially a, a, a mini ramp along the edge of a stairway that allows cyclists to roll their bikes up and down stairways rather than, um, rather than having to carry them. We have a nice um, model we developed and, and um, built a few years ago at our 16th Street station. We have them at a couple other stations. At the new Warm Spring stations, we have um, the bicycle stair channels. We've been developing a, a standard design, which is the way BART kind of moves forward with, with projects. And we have intention to 
use these stair channels almost as a, a carrot approach to guide bikes through our stations in the routes that have the least conflict with pedestrians. Um, it, with some signage and the stair channels, we feel we can get folks to use our, our wider, less heavily used stairways uh, to keep bikes off escalators. We, we do not allow bikes on escalators, although unfortunately is a pretty common occurrence. Um, our, our elevators are, are limited and, and not always the best option for cyclists. So we feel like the stair channels can help folks transport their bikes vertically within, within, our, within our stations. I'm speaking with BART's Bicycle Program Manager, Steve Beraldo. It really is a balancing act, isn't it? Because, I mean, the bikes can be kind of cumbersome, especially on the system. I, I'm thinking morning-afternoon commute. There are so many passengers in the system already that space really is at a scarcity. What sort of advice do you have for folks that want to take their bike onto our system? Yeah. So a couple years ago, our board, being very forward-thinking, relaxed BART's uh, restrictions on taking bikes onto the, onto the train during the commute period and and for the last few years we have allowed bikes at all times and all trains um, with with one important rule basically and th and that is if if the train is too crowded don't board it with your bike and and it's something that requires folks to kind of make make a judgment call when they see a train now all of our trains currently have two spaces one at each door set aside for bikes uh, there's an area that's signed for bikes and there's a bar to kind of lean your bike against we're actually testing some straps right now that'll help people hold their bikes into place. Um, but the trains are crowded, and as we were saying earlier, there are more and more folks um, taking their bikes on BART. Uh, what, what I've noticed is, and it's, it's really uh, heartening to see, that um, when we first changed the rules, it was people were used to getting on, and maybe one person would use the bike space, and other people would kind of stand in the middle of the train with their bikes. But people have really learned that they can just lean their bikes together all in the bike space, and it's become a pretty efficient way to, um, to carry bikes on the trains. So in line with that, here's a question I think a lot of our riders have, and especially folks who take their bicycles onto the system. Why do we not allow bicycles in the first car of a train? Well, that, that rule goes way back, and it has to do with in an emergency situation, there's some equipment that the train operator may need to get to. The train operator also may need to get out of the first car quickly, and the feeling is that bikes could provide some interference or, or, or interfere with the safe operation of the train. Um, so it, it's, it's a safety-related rule, and I think it's a pretty minor um, rule in terms that most trains have 10 cars and there's nine others for bikes. It also provides a place for folks who really don't want to deal with bikes. They know if they get on the first car, there won't be any on it. The regulation of bikes on BART has kind of been an evolution over time. It's almost hard to imagine that there is actually a point when if you wanted to take your bike onto the system, you had to register and you had to get a card from BART to essentially have permission to do that. I mean, that just seems really, really strange compared with where things are right now. And, and that's actually an improvement over where BART started. When the system first opened, there were no bikes allowed, period, on, on the trains. There was some advocacy work by bike groups and BART relented and started allowing people on with a permit. Uh, you had to ride in just the last car of the train. And it is pretty exciting that now, 40 years later, we basically allow bikes on all cars at all times. In, in, the, in, in between, there were periods where there were, were commute period restrictions and certain stations you couldn't go into at specific hours and 
no bikes on, on a number of cars. But at, at the moment, um, we're allowing bikes on all cars at all times with, with a few restrictions, but it seems to be working great. Yeah, you see a lot of cities adopting more bike lanes in their communities. Even smaller cities are really starting to add those bike lanes. Do you feel like in the Bay Area we've kind of had this awakening, especially in recent years, that, that bikes are an important part of our community and a way to get around that, that potentially takes a car off the roadways? Yeah, I, I think the progress that a lot of cities have made in the last few years is, is huge. And I think people think of sustainability and that driving and building big parking lots is really not the best solution for the long term. And that, as we've seen from some European cities where, where bikes are the primary way of, of getting around, pretty much if you build it, they will come. And I think the cities who are investing in bike infrastructure, in, in bike lanes and the, the, the most recent movement is trying to create bike infrastructure where everyone's comfortable, not, not just the, the real serious bicyclists, but where kids and, and seniors and everybody can feel comfortable and safe riding on their streets. And I think that's going to dr dramatically expand you know, how many people use their bikes and how many places we can get to on them. Uh, you look at, and you actually mentioned it earlier, the idea that people are learning how to place their bikes properly on the system. And a big part of that also is those bike straps that are being uh, experimented with and being added to more and more trains. It seems like a pretty cost-effective option, and it seems like there's been a lot of positive response to that. What, what have you heard? Yeah, no, we, we have them, uh, we have about 60 sets being tested on 30 different cars right now, and the, the feedback has been extremely positive. Basically, the main comment we see is put more of them out there we we really like them folks have been very creative they, they'll use their helmet or take a bungee cord with them or you know figure out some way to kind of wedge their bike so that it stays in place but having the straps there we're testing two versions one has a buckle and one has velcro um, they're nice strong material kind of like a seat belt material uh, and and i'm pretty certain we'll be making some minor tweaks to them and then rolling them out on all the cars in in the, in the near term they're, they are like you said a very cost effective they actually improve safety um, it's nice that a bike's strapped into place and isn't going to accidentally roll and and bump into someone uh, so it, it's it's one of those things that's uh, i think a win-win product there's so much excitement about the fleet of the future. Uh, the first cars are going to come online later this year, uh, and there are going to be some really big changes when it comes to bikes and how bikes are going to be able to be stored on the new cars. As I understand, they include bike racks, which is a big change for BART. Yeah, they're, they're similar to bike racks. I, I like to refer to them as a bike holding mechanism. It, it's essentially like a, a spring-loaded clamp that you push your wheel, either your front or rear, rear wheel into. So there'll be a spike space, very similar to the, the spaces that we have on our, our current older fleet. Um, but but this will have a, a basically a bike rack slash bike holding mechanism um, to, to keep the bikes in place. Any other changes on the fleet of the future that would impact bike riders? Well, I, I think the three doors are, are going to be helpful. You know, right right now, if if a bike is in the area around doors can can get crowded. So I think with with three doors, they'll be easier for folks to get in and out and the bikes hopefully will be less in the way. Steve Veraldo, Bicycle Program Manager for BART. Thank you so much for speaking with us. My pleasure. And thank you for listening to Hidden Tracks, Stories from BART. You can listen to our podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and of course at our website, BART.gov slash podcasts.